Hello and welcome to Life Song Radio. This is episode 211. My name is Phil Ramsey and my uh, good friend Blake Shankle is with us today, my co-host. We're absent Jimmy again today. He had a prior obligation, couldn't get away. Family matter, which we'll let it slide this time. We won't be able to pay him. We'll cut his check in half. So half of zero <laughs> is zero. Is zero. So he's good. That's but right. anyway, we uh, uh, it's good to be back. We, I'm excited about today. We we have been in Romans, yeah. but th- we do this every year. We usually try to bring in a special guest if possible, and uh, we have one today. We do, and we do. And so, what, Blake, won't you introduce our special guest today? Well, we tossed around this this week, Phil. You know, we talked about what are we going to do for our Christmas special last year. It was me, and uh, was what, it really? What, it was. I thought it was Shane Harshfield. No, no. Oh, Shane. <laughs> Speaking of that that yeah. little devil there, yeah. speaking of Shane, yeah. we toss around this idea, and uh, Shane has a friend. Did you know that? Shane actually has a friend. Just one. <laughs> Just, Just one. A friend. And, uh, Singular. But, he pays uh, me well. Hey, mm. <laughs> uh, th- Adam Gregg is with us today, folks. Uh, Adam is a missionary from East Asia. Adam actually is from Millington, and uh, he has served on the mission field in East Asia for several years. We'll get him to talk about it here in just a second. But actually, Adam and his wife and his and his beautiful kids, four kids, are actually serving down at, at Beaver now with Shane, helping him out with some some interim pastor stuff, teaching, preaching. He's he's been able to do that. I've actually got to hear him several times, and hence why I was when we were talking about who we would get, Adam came to mind and. Uh, Adam, welcome to our program today. Thanks, brother. It yeah. is. It's fun to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your missionary journeys, you know, to, to East Asia. What's sure. what's coming up in your life? Just yeah. tell us about yourself. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, so I grew up in Millington, like you said, and um, went to Union University. Good. And, and when I was at Union, uh, y'all are on the air in Jackson now, aren't you? So maybe there's some Union folks oh, listening. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I went to Union. And during my time at Union, the Lord called me to ministry. Didn't know what that was going to look like for a, for a little while. Just serving in a lot of different ways um, during my time at Union. And, uh, and, and then uh, ended up doing a two-year term um, in East Asia right after I graduated. And and didn't really think at the time that that was going to turn into a, a, a career thing, a long term thing. Just thought it was I was young and single and had the ability and the desire to serve overseas. I'd I'd studied abroad a semester when I was in college and 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 that kind of that kind of just opened my eyes to the world. It was my first time overseas. I'd never been overseas before that. And and um, and after that, I, the Lord just kind of stirred in my heart this desire to go tell the nations and and so so I thought while I was young and single I should go do that and then and then I thought at the time that I'd end up being back in the states and pastoring and um and I got over there and um within the first 3 or 4 months just conversation after conversation after conversation with folks I didn't speak a lick of the language at the time but um I was kind of listening to conversations, not exactly knowing what was being said, but knowing that the gospel was being shared by this guy who had been there a a while before me. And uh, so he was sharing the gospel with people, and I was just kind of tagging along, listening, learning the ropes. And and, and I could just tell by the looks on these people's faces that they had never heard the gospel before. They had never heard the name of Jesus before. And um, man, it wasn't many of those conversations that I had um, until the Lord just, just uh, changed my heart, and and I knew, I knew within a few months of being there that I was going to be there a long time, and so, so, um, so I served that two year term, and then came back to the states. I met my wife while I was there, um, Andy. She, correct, yeah, Andy. Andy yep. Yeah. So she was doing the same thing, serving in a different part of East Asia, but we were kind of doing the same two year program called the Journeyman program, and and so uh, so we were at various trainings and stuff together. So we got to know each other during that time, fell in love. Um, and and by the end of that two years, I'd convinced her that she ought to marry me. <laughs> and um, luckily, we had we were stuck for two years, and so she couldn't really get away from me for 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 that time at least. And so by the end of that time, I had her convinced. And and so uh, so I proposed right before we came back to the states. We came back to the states, got married, and uh, and then I spent the next three and a half years in seminary up in Kentucky, um, with with the aim the whole time of of heading back to East Asia. So we. Um, 
So, uh, so we headed back as a family. Uh, we had our first two kids in Kentucky. Uh, we headed back as a family in 2012. Um, so we've been there as a family since 2012. So for the last six years and, and added two more kids since then. So wow. about four. And uh, we've been back in the States now for, golly, almost nine months. That's crazy. It is. Um, yeah, so we came back in March. Um, Andy, my wife, had had several medical concerns, issues, and uh, so just working through some of that. Um, and for a variety of reasons, that being one of them, um, we're not going to go back to the same location where we've been. Um, it, it's looking looking like if everything lines up like we think it is um, in May, we'll be moving to Malaysia to work with um, established churches there um, uh, with the hopes of reaching out to the Muslim population of Malaysia. That's amazing. Malaysia. So. That's amazing. So, Adam, if you want let's to just go. lead us in what, what God has laid upon your heart, I tell yeah. you what, let's uh, let's open up a word of prayer. Yeah. That way, God, you know, it's all Him, and uh, He opens our heart. I'll open up a word of prayer, and then we'll turn it over to you, Adam. Father God, we just thank you so much for this wonderful day, God. We just thank you for, for men and women such as Adam and Andy, God, that, that you have uh, uh, providentially placed them in areas around the world to share your great news, and, and you've given them the knowledge to be able to learn the language so that they may be able to speak uh, you know, the biblical teachings, the Word of God, the knowledge to them in their own language so that they may understand, and that, that, so that they understand that that. The same God that we serve is the same God that they serve as well, God. And we just thank you for that special revelation of your word, Lord. We thank you for this special time of year, this this Christmas time of year where we can come in and uh, or where we can come and just worship you as far as your your the the incarnation of Christ, the the birth of your son, the birth you coming in, wrapping your body in flesh, Father, your spirit in flesh, and and dwelling among the people, tabernacling with tabernacling with the people, Father. We just thank you for that. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed upon the cross, Lord. We love you. We praise you. Open our hearts to this word, God, that we may understand it, Father, and we take it to this, this world, Father, and share it with, uh, with everyone. We love you. We praise you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. All right. Well, let's, let's jump into the, the text of Matthew, why don't we? All right. Um, we're we're, we're going to spend the spend spend our time looking at Matthew 1 and 2 together and and uh, and and just just want to dive in and see what it is that Matthew wants us to understand about Jesus and why his arrival is so significant you know I think um, I think when we think of the Christmas story uh, we, we kind of we, we typically put Matthew and Luke, Kind of together, you know, kind of, kind of join those stories together in our minds, and and Luke probably gets most of the airtime, and uh, and um, you know, uh, Luke's Luke's version is a little bit more narrative. It's a little bit more of a of a story. You know, you get the you get the shepherds and the angels in Luke. You get the Charlie Brown monologue it comes from Luke, of course, and and um, and, and Matthew. I think sometimes we kind of uh, you know we we hit on we hit on. On, uh, the quotation in Matthew one twenty three from Isaiah that that the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and and they shall call his name Emmanuel. But other than that, really, I think um, and 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 we we do hit on the wise men, which comes from Matthew two, which we'll look at um, which in, in, here together in a minute. But, but there's a there's a reason real quick. There's a reason yeah. why the, it's not like the Bible's wrong. There's not that yeah, Matthew's yeah. wrong or Luke's wrong. Right. There's a reason Matthew's writing his version. That's Luke right. has a reason he's writing his version. Yeah, as well. that's so, exactly right. So yeah. so let's talk about that for a second, Blake. So. So, uh, so Matthew sits at the at, at the front of the New Testament, right? Mm-hmm. It's the first gospel, the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew, of course, is is the disciple of Jesus, former tax collector, and um, now now recording for us the story of the birth of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the death and resurrection of Jesus, and uh, and. And he's primarily writing to Jewish Christians, and, and we'll see in these first two chapters how the main point that Matthew is making as he opens this story of who Jesus is, is that he is the fulfillment of Israel's hope. He is uh, the Old Testament promises fulfilled. And, and that is the main thrust of this birth narrative. That's what, um, that's what his main point is. He wants 
all of us to see Jesus is the coming of the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the one that Israel has longed for for all of these years. He is the fulfillment of the scriptures. And, um, and so, so, so we open and we see right off the bat the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So you get the you get the thrust of the Old Testament right there in verse one. But but let's be honest here, fellas. I mean, the next seventeen verses we don't really dwell on that much, do we? <laughs> no. Right? It's just a it's just a big list of names. Yeah. And uh and and maybe we read that first verse and say, yeah, yeah, Jesus comes from the line of David, uh, comes from. Abraham and, uh, and and that's about probably where we stop. You know, we might skim over these names if we're really doing our Bible reading plan justice. Think but how, think how important this is. Yeah, there's no wiggle room here. No, we're not giving any. You can't squeeze nothing in here, and that's good. That's why you can trust the Word of God. Yeah, that's right. I think it's awesome. Yeah, a little boring yeah. to read, but awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, so, um, so, let's think for a second though about why would Matthew start like this? Why does Matthew want to open up his gospel account with a genealogy of Jesus? Why is this important to him? Think back in uh, in, in the Old Testament. Um, uh, uh, where where do we see genealogies? Where where, where do you we see remember? It in chron- chronicles. Chronicles. That's, yeah, we that's see one in in there. We see it in, in the those law books there. Mm-hmm. You know, specifically it, in Genesis. Genesis too. Yeah, there's absolutely. a bunch of genealogies in Genesis, and there's a bunch in Chronicles. You're exactly right, Blake. And interestingly, um, I, I learned this uh, uh, back in the day, and I found this fascinating. Uh, so the order. I'm not going to go into great detail about this, but uh, the order of our English Bibles is actually a little bit different than the order of, specifically in regards to the Old Testament, is different than the order of the Hebrew Bible. Um, the Bible that you know that Jesus would have grown up with, that Paul grew up with, that, uh, that all these disciples grew up with, the order of their Hebrew Bible was, was a little bit different than ours. And, um, and, but Blake, you hit the nail on the head. The genealogies are concentrated in Genesis and Chronicles. And interestingly, Chronicles is the last book of the Hebrew Bible. So, so those two books are like the bookends of, of, of the Hebrew Scriptures. Um, and, and, they, and, and they're the ones where the genealogies are loaded. And and uh, and if you turn, if you look at Chronicles, there's not a first and second Chronicles in the Hebrew Bible. It's just Chronicles. It's the first nine chapters of Chronicles are all genealogies. Mm. And what Matthew is doing here, it, he actually condenses those nine chapters of genealogies in the book of Chronicles down to these 17 verses. So we ought to be thanking him. We don't have nine, <laughs> nine chapters of it to read this time. We only have 17 <laughs> verses of it to read. But, but he does exactly what Matthew does and goes, uh, well, minus the Jesus part, obviously. But, uh, but he goes from Adam, actually, all the way through Abraham to David and David's descendants. And it takes him nine chapters to do. But, I, but what Matthew is doing for us here, he condenses that down. And why does he open with it? He's showing us that Jesus is the Word of God. This is the, this is the beginning of the Word of God's life. Yeah. Right? This is the beginning of the life of the son of David, the son of Abraham. And, uh, and Matthew, I would say, from the original uh, moment that he sat down to write this gospel account under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, knew that, that his was going to head the New Testament canon. <laughs> Yeah. Because he's saying right where the Old Testament leaves off, that's where we're picking up. Yeah. You ended with Chronicles and, and these nine chapters of genealogies. Well, God has finally spoken again. You know, there was 400 years of silence between between the Old Testament and the New Testament. This, this period of 400 years where God didn't send any prophets, didn't send his word to his people. And they're, they're longing, they're wondering, when is God going to speak again? 
And of course, the arrival of Jesus is not just God speaking. It's God's word becoming flesh, flesh. as John 1 yeah. tells us. And so, um, so that's why Matthew opens like this. That's why Matthew gives us this genealogy, because God has spoken again. He's spoken by sending us his son, by sending us the word made flesh. And, and so he gives us this genealogy. Uh, the, it's the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then, um, and then at the end, I'm not going to read through all the names, but, um, but at the end of the genealogy, it says that, um, that uh, sorry, time out. Verse 17? <clears throat> yeah, that's not. So, so then, uh, so, so he says at the beginning of the genealogy, the book of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then in verse 7, when he gets down to David, he says that Jesse is the father of David, the king, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and then he goes on and continues the, the rest of the genealogy there and, uh, and sums it up by saying that from uh, all the generations from Abraham to David were 14, from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and then from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. And so he, he breaks up the history of the Old Testament in this way for us. But I wanted to point that out, uh, uh, the way that he references David as king, because, uh, because, because that's, uh, that, that is the, uh, the hope of Israel, yep. right? That, that there would be another king to come, a king like David, a king, as, uh, as we'll see here in a minute, a king to shepherd the people. Uh, just like David, the shepherd boy. Uh, and this was a covenant, too, that God right. made, the Davidic covenant, yeah. right? That, that, that off This offspring, we, mm-hmm. we, we actually, actually Adam or preached about this the other day in a flyby yeah. of this, and, and here, is, here is this promise of, of the offspring of David, there will be a king, and it, no, it was not Solomon either. Mm-hmm. It was one who would reign for eternity, and absolutely, I mean, I was, I was reading this today, he, I mean, he, what does he do? He sets off his son of David, son of Abraham, the two big covenant, covenantal promises that the Hebrew people would have known, right? I'm going to send you, there's, make an offspring of Abraham him, and there's going to be an offspring of David as well, and then he just ties it all together so beautifully to say to the Jewish people, "What? Here he is. That's right. Here is the one that has been promised yeah. for all, and you've been waiting on. Yeah, he's it's the amazing. son of Abraham. He's the son of David. Yeah, he is the Messiah. He's the one you've been waiting for. That's exactly right. And uh, and he's not just the son; he's also the king. Amen. Right? Yeah. He's That's he's the... not just the son of Abraham. He or and the son of David. He is uh, he is the king like David. Yeah, so we see, so we see that 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 this coming of the Messiah, he is the son of David, he is the son of Abraham, and he is the king, and we're going to see that played out in even greater detail in the rest of Matthew's birth account here. Um, so, so moving on into into the next section there, verses eighteen through twenty five of Matthew chapter one. Uh, some of the more familiar verses of the of the birth of Jesus for us. It, Matthew records that the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So here is Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus. Um, as uh, alluded to before, it's not it's not quite as detailed, not quite as dramatic as Luke's account, but but it is uh, Matthew has a really specific 
purpose that he's going after in these opening chapters. And and and, and as we see this play out, I think we'll see that, uh, like you were saying, Blake, it's not uh, you know we're we're getting this story from uh, from from different perspectives, and those perspectives are not um, more important. One is more important than the other. It's uh, it's different accounts of the same factual stories and um but just like uh just like when we tell stories sometimes we tell stories for different reasons and matthew is telling us telling us this story for a specific reason and um and 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 we'll see um, as we walk through this together what those reasons are. Uh, we said that 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 he he uh, he gives us this genealogy so that we'll see that Jesus is the uh, the promised Messiah, the promised Son of David, the Son of Abraham, the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures, and then and then and then this theme of the Old Testament scriptures being fulfilled gets carried out um, in very specific details throughout the rest of the birth narrative and, and and we jump into it here in 18 to 25 with this quote from Isaiah so Mary um, Mary is found to be with child from the Holy Spirit um, that that phrase is repeated twice in these verses this child comes from the Holy Spirit where did Jesus how did Jesus uh, how was Jesus conceived in the womb of Mary well he was conceived by the Holy Spirit he came from the the Holy Spirit, and um, and interestingly here um, in Matthew at the end of Matthew one and then on into Matthew two there 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 is this um, uh, this kind of uh, focus in on Joseph and his character and his role in this story and um, and 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 here we have this glowing description from Matthew of Joseph's character that he was a just man he he wasn't willing to shame Mary. Right, uh, uh, but this is before uh, this is before Joseph had received this dream from from the angel, and um, and and he just thought that his his fiance wife to be she done messed up she she done gone and got pregnant you know um, by another man and um, and and but but instead of shaming her instead of making a public spectacle of that um, he. Uh, he, you can just see his character here that that he was resolved to divorce her quietly. He wasn't going to make a spectacle out of this. He was a just man. He was unwilling to put her to shame. But as he considered these things, as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Uh, this is the first appearance of an angel of the Lord um, in, in the New Testament and in, in, in Matthew's gospel. And we'll see five of these in the first two chapters. And, um, and interestingly, um, we have five appearances or visions or messages from an angel, and we have five uh, Old Testament quotes, um, and those almost always go hand in hand and kind of play off one another. So we have this appearance of the angel in verse 20, telling him, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, because that which is conceived in her, this baby that she is, is carrying, is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And Joseph believed, right? Joseph took the angel at his word. He believed the angel. He did as the angel said. And Matthew says that all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. This is a uh, this is a, a quote that we're going to read five times in the first two chapters. That all that what is happening is happening in order to fulfill the prophecies, in order to fulfill the Old Testament scriptures, in order to fulfill God's promises to Israel. And the promise here comes from Isaiah 7, 14, that the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So Joseph wakes up, does exactly as the Lord commanded him through the angel. Um, He took Mary to be his wife, but did not know her, did not consummate the marriage until she had given birth to a son, and they called his name Jesus. So here in Matthew 1, we see the genealogy of Jesus, and we see the name of Jesus. And both of these, the genealogy and the name, are meant to show us that Jesus is the hope of Israel. Jesus is the fulfillment of all these promises that God has been giving for all these centuries to his people. 
And, um, and, and, and as we move into Matthew 2, we see that, uh, that that overarching theme of Jesus as the fulfillment of God's promises, as the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures, is, is exactly what, what Matthew wants us to walk away from this birth narrative with, that, that Jesus is the hoped for one, the longed for Messiah. Absolutely, yeah. I was as a, before you move on to two. I thought yeah. that was very important because, it, and again, context is everything. All right, who is our who is our uh, uh, audience here? Matthew, he's speaking to the Jewish Christians, and, right. and they would obviously have known what Isaiah had said. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing about this is this is all coming. Look here, this ain't just no fluke. Is what he's saying. Okay, uh, look here, Joseph, it wasn't of Joseph. Joseph was a righteous man, Hebrew righteous man. It was prophesied that he'd be in Bethlehem. It was prophesied. I mean, Isaiah said this word, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Exactly how it went down. That's and that was what, 400 years ago at least that it was prophesied? That's prophecy. The prophet spoke, it came true, and that's what he's referring back to is he's, he's, I mean, just he's given evidence after evidence after evidence. These guys believe, y'all, it's been spoken of, here is the Christ. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. So so really, uh, I think we could say one aim of Matthew is uh, is to give Jewish Christians uh, a, an apologetic defense of Jesus as the Messiah? You know that um, that that there is this sense of yeah, Luke tells the t- tells the story as a um, just kind of as a as a bedtime story almost. You know, but Matthew gives it to us as a as a um, here's a defense of. That Jesus is your longed-for Messiah. He is the Christ. Now, Jews are still looking for their Messiah. Yeah. All right. So, so will they'll have to go back to these Old Testament prophecies? Will their Messiah have to be born in Bethlehem of a virgin? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's what they're looking for. That's that's what they that's what they're looking for. And yeah, I know. I know well, you're going. It. It, yeah. It's it's here. Yeah. But 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 we've been speaking of is is the you know. That is a revelation that's got to be given by God. You know, that's an unblinding, that's an unveiling, mm-hmm. yeah. only done by the Holy Spirit. You mm-hmm. know, you want to say, wake up, it's right here. Mm-hmm. Yet the natural man cannot understand the spiritual things, that's right. and that's that's of God. And yeah, yeah I, you, you, you know, it's here for the taking. You say, well, why can't we get this? Well, if we were in the same situation with the knowledge, if it's not of the Holy Spirit, we won't get it either. Yeah, that's right. Jesus speaks of that in in John chapter five. So anyway, keep going. Sorry, yeah, I, let, let's, I just let's jump into yep. chapter two here. And what I want to do with chapter two is I want to kind of canvas these um, these quotes, these Old Testament quotes that Matthew gives us, um, and, and and look at them. We'll look at them kind of individually, but but before we do that, I want to kind of look at them as a whole and see if we can see some of the similarities there are with them, and and maybe try to wrap our minds around what the purpose of some of these is, okay? So, um, so in, in verse 1 of chapter 2, Jesus is born in Bethlehem of Judea after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and said, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And um, and, and, and then uh, and then Herod the king hears of this. He gets troubled. All of Jerusalem with him is troubled. And assembling the chief priests and the scribes, he Herod inquires of them where the Christ, where this Messiah was prophesied to be born. And so they tell him, the chief priests tell him, in Bethlehem of Judea, right? That's what you were just saying, Phil. Like the, the Jews know it. The Jews know their prophecies, right? So the, Herod asked the, the chief priest, hey, where's your Messiah supposed to come from? And they say, in Bethlehem. For so it is written by the prophet. Okay, so here we have that quotation again that Matthew gives us. Here's, here is the word of the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, this comes from Micah chapter 5. Micah chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. You, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Okay, so that's uh, quote number one here in Matthew two. Okay, and then uh, and then Herod, Herod, you have this interplay between Herod and the wise man. Herod trying to uh, pull the fast one on them, but they don't fall for it, right? And um, 
and they're warned in a dream to not return, and so they depart to their own country and go another way, and that's after they had gone to see the baby. We'll come back to that in, in a minute. I just kind of want to run through these quotes first. And so after the wise men leave, uh, they depart in verse 13, and an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream again. Okay, this is the second time this has happened. It happens in, in chapter 1 when Mary is found to be with child, right? And this time, the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream and says, Rise take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. So he rose and took the child and his mother and, and departed to Egypt and they remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. There's that phrase again. And then the quote, this one comes from Hosea chapter 11, out of Egypt, I called my son. Okay. So this is the second quote in Matthew chapter two, the first one, O you Bethlehem um, and you, O Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. Um, the second one out of Egypt, I called my son. Uh, and then continuing on verse 16, Herod uh, get, sees that he got tricked by these wise men. He's furious. He he orders to have all the, the male babies to and under in Bethlehem slaughtered. And, um, and, and then verse 17, this was this fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. So that quote, one more time, uh, this fulfilled what the prophet had spoken. And then this comes from Jeremiah 31. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. And then Herod dies, and the angel of the Lord appears in a dream to Joseph once again in verse 19 and says, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go back. Go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And so they, they go back to Israel. They end up settling in Nazareth, in, in, uh, in the district of Galilee, in a city called Nazareth, verse 23, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled that he, speaking of Jesus, would be called a Nazarene. Okay, so here are these four quotations in Matthew chapter 2 um, regarding the, the birth narrative. This is really kind of the toddler narrative, if you will, of, of Jesus. Um, and so, so let, me, let, let me throw a little pop quiz at you here, fellas. Um, what, what, is it, what, what, is, uh, what is the common thread in these four quotes? What do we see um, similar in all four of these the quotes itself <laughs> yeah yeah okay. that, that. Well, other than that that the pro that it was prophesied mm -hmm. israel okay yeah they all deal with israel that's true something a but little bit more that's specific not what you want. yep the sun phil help me out here <laughs> what you got phil I stumped both of you. You did. Let's see what if, if the common if thread. I, if I get the common thread, they all come true. They all come okay. true. Yeah. That is a common thread. That's right. There's one other common thread that I have in my mind here. You know, they say they say teachers ought never ask a question that they have a specific answer to. Exactly. Mind. That's that's what I just did. So mm -hmm. I broke that rule. But uh, but the common thread I have in mind here is that they're all revolving around a place. Did you catch that? Yeah. They they, they all have a, a, a geographic component. Right, the first one, uh, you O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. The second one, um, out of Egypt, I called my son. The third one, a voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. And then hmm. the fourth one, Jesus, he would be called a Nazarene. Okay, so so something is going on here. Matthew is telling us something about these places, telling us something about uh, the importance of place in the early life of Jesus. Flip over to John chapter 7 for just a moment with me. What's he trying to tell us? I'm going to tell you, okay, Phil. Amen. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I want to know. You piqued his curiosity. Yeah. In John chapter 7... Verse 40 and 41. Why don't you fellows read that for us? Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, Of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? Yeah. So so what's the... So it goes on to say that... that um, 
that, that there was a division among the people a few verses later. And so what's this division about? Why are they having this division? Some of them are saying this really is the prophet. Some of them are saying this is the Christ. That's another word for the Messiah, right? And, and, and they're not sure which one it is, or maybe it's both. I don't, I, they don't really know. But what's the question that they focus in on? Some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? Now, why did they say that? Why did they say that? Because where did Jesus come from? Nazareth. Yeah, Nazareth, which is Within a city Galilee. of Galilee. Exactly. And, and, and so, so here is what I would um, propose to you that Matthew is doing here. He is giving a defense to the Jewish Christians that, uh, that their Messiah, who was prophesied to have come from Bethlehem, right? We all know Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But by the time Jesus shows up on the scene, he was known as Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, right? So what Matthew is doing is showing us how Jesus of Nazareth is really the Messiah of Bethlehem. Because that was a fact that was not widely known at the beginning of the spread of Christianity, at the beginning of Jesus's life, for sure it wouldn't have been widely known. And so what Matthew is doing is, again, this apologetic defense. He's showing us how the baby of Bethlehem becomes the prophet of Nazareth and how it's one of the same person. And, and this is your Messiah, Israel. This is the promised Christ. So he's leaving nothing to chance yeah, here, basically. That's he's right. covering all the bases. So when he gets the, I mean, Paul does it too in Romans, of, of the rejectors, those who, 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 he's already going ahead and saying, all right, here's the questions that are probably going to be posed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and lay this out to you. Yeah. This is why, he, you know, here he's born in Bethlehem. It's a, because there's a reason, there's a specific reason. It's not that he just wrote this for us to sit at bedtime stories on Christmas Eve and exactly. read, right? There's yeah. a specific reason each one of these authors wrote these things. So, yeah, I like that. I mean, I think that's a great, uh, analysis or uh, uh, of that scripture out there, you know, is there's a reason why he's pointing out to these specific locations because yeah. it's it's prophesied. not accidental. Yeah, no, it's not, not at all. It, it's not a uh, you know, it, it's not something that just happened by chance. That yeah. this is the way that the events of Jesus' early life unfolded. This all was to fulfill what the prophets had written. Matthew is saying, and so. Um, so, so, so that's that's just kind of the surface reading, right? I think when we read when we read through this, we kind of miss this because we're not Jewish, right? Um, I doubt anybody listening to this is Jewish. Maybe there might be a handful out there, but most of us are Gentiles. Um, we 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 know the story. We know we know the story of Jesus being born in Bethlehem. We know that uh, you know that he came from Nazareth, but but that he is this this Christ, this Messiah figure. You know whether we believe or not, whether we have faith or not, we probably know the story well enough to know some of these bits and pieces of, of the birth story. But, but what Matthew is doing here is um, he's giving the Israel, he's giving the, the Jews of his day um, a defense of, of this is why we can put our trust in this man as our Messiah. This is why this isn't, um, this isn't an, uh, you know, something that we have to, uh, um, you know, kind of put under the rug about him, that he, that, that he is Jesus of Nazareth, mm-hmm. right? This isn't just Jesus of Nazareth. This is the um, out of Bethlehem. So they didn't um, know that. Or yeah. is that. Was that what you're saying? Yeah. He, he's coming from Galilee, but actually he came from Bethlehem. And so are the people here, is the division because they was they was not aware that he came from Bethlehem? Is that the deal? I, I think some of them that's probably true of. Well, um, that makes sense, right? I mean, because his ministry really got started in Nazareth, yeah, right? And, so, and, and you remember, I think it's in John's account when he calls the disciples, it's um, Philip and Nathaniel, right? When, uh, when I think it's, he calls Philip first and then, and then they go and what, yeah, do you John remember? John 43, John 1, 43. Yeah, what, what does Nathaniel say about Jesus? Uh, now, um, yeah, he says uh, in 46, Nathaniel said to him, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Yeah, yeah. So Nazareth is this hillbilly, yeah. podunk, nothing Basically. of a town. And this is Jesus of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. So Nathaniel's saying, seriously? Yeah. Anything good come out of Nazareth? Right. Bro? 
What are you talking about? That's not where the Christ comes from. That's not where our Messiah comes right, from. Right, this kingly, this, yeah. this one who's going to defeat all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so, so that's what Matthew's doing. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, I think there's some element of, of, um, uh, of just, uh, um, you know, making Israel aware that, that this is who Jesus is. He is Jesus of Nazareth. But before he became Jesus of Nazareth, he was... The baby born in Bethlehem. Which fulfills which the prophecy fulfills here the that prophets. we see in 4. And you, yeah. Bethlehem, land of Judah. And it says, out for, out, for, out for you shall come a ruler. And he, he's trying to fit that in there. He's saying, okay. That's right. That the, prophet was not the, wrong, by the way. because right. people the son like, of David, the yeah. king. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, and and so, uh, yeah. So, so you get these, um, you, you you get this, this, uh, this thrust of, um, of, the Jewishness of this, right? The yeah. you know, just how um, how how Matthew is 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 pleading with his own people. Hey, th- this guy, this is the one. You know, he is Jesus of Nazareth, but but that's not something that that we have to that we have to uh, sweep under the rug. That's not something we have to hide from. Because let me let me show you how he got there, hmm. right? And, um, and, and so that's just the surface of it. This is how Jesus ended up coming to Nazareth, right? Because they're in 22 and 23 of Matthew 2. Uh, so they come back. Uh, a, a, an angel appears to Joseph again saying, rise. And this is verse 20. Rise, take the child and his mother. Go to the land of Israel for those who sought the child's life are dead. He rose, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned once again in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. So this is how Jesus comes to 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 home in Nazareth. This is how he becomes Jesus of Nazareth. And so Matthew is making the point to his fellow Jews, hey, Jesus of Nazareth is the promised Messiah who came from Bethlehem. He's not some hillbilly from Podunk, Nazareth. He is, <laughs> you sure, but, it, but he's you way sure you're more not than from that. County, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, but then we also see that beyond the surface uh, you know, trek through Jesus's movements in these first couple of years of his life, um, we, we, we see that there's a little bit more that Matthew is communicating here. And, and this is just, this is what good authors do, right? Uh, I, I just read um, uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe to my kids, to my older two kids. They're eight and seven. And, um, and man, it was, it was awesome reading that to them. But now my daughter, my eight-year-old daughter, is reading it on her own. And, 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 uh, almost daily she comes to me and, uh, and she's picked up something in the text that she didn't pick up the first time that I read it to her. Right. Right. And why is that? It's because, it's because good authors embed these layers of meaning in, in the text. Well, you didn't, uh, you, 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 one of them. You've unlayered a few things uh, for me. <laughs> yeah, well, today. Well, well that, th- this is what Matthew is doing, right? Because he's he's a good author, and he just happens to have the Holy Spirit inspiring him. Too, right? <laughs> right. That, that helps a little bit. <laughs> it but, does. but uh But but um, but there's a there's there's some deep theological points that he is making here um, that go beyond just this kind of geographical point that he's making about where Jesus has come from. And and so I want to point out a few of these real quick, and these kind of tie back in with chapter 1 a little bit more for us. And so um, so, so this first episode of the wise men in chapter 2, um, so, so, you know, there's lots of debate about where these guys came from. Yep. It, it, says, uh, it says that they came from the east. You know, we sing, um, we sing the three kings of Orient. And, you know, we, we could probably have a whole, have a whole episode uh, talking about where these guys might have come from. By the way, and, we don't know if it was three or not. Yeah, that's exactly right. Anyway, yeah, they have three gifts. Assume, right? right? But there's... Um, and, and so it could have yep. been any number, but right. uh, but that we know they had three gifts, or at least Matthew records that they had three gifts, and and, and so uh, so they come, and in verse eleven it says they fall down and they worship King Jesus, Amen. Right, and and so regardless of where they came from, what we know for certain about them is that they weren't Jews, right? Yep. We know they're not Jews. They come from the east. They come from somewhere beyond Jerusalem, beyond the borders of Israel. So, uh, so right from the get-go, the very first people in the gospel account 
to fall down and worship at the feet of Jesus are Gentiles. So what I think what Matthew is trying to show us from the very beginning is that this king of David, this promised king who is going to rule forever, is not just the king of Israel. He is the king of the nations. He is the king of the world. Amen. And uh, and he shows us that by by showing us that that uh, that Gentiles were the first ones to worship him. And that's something I asked, I asked Blake this today. All right, in chapter one it says, "Where he will save his people." Yeah. Is is that <laughs> in context? We yeah. know big picture, mm-hmm. but in context, is that is that the Jews? He'll save his people. I know I'm his people. Yeah. But in context, well, was that referencing the on, Jews? Hold on, Phil. Are you a Jew? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. So, but you know you're his people. Yeah. Yeah. So. So the answer is yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so who is that? That's a great. That's a great well, point, Phil. Well, I mean, we who all, is the his people? Well, we we read the book. Yeah. But you know, Jesus when he sent them out, sent them out, said, "Don't go over here where the Gentiles are. Yeah. Go yeah. over here where the Jews are. Yeah, that's right. So I don't know if in con- and I know like I said I agree, but in in this specific verse, what he's mm-hmm. talking about is the Jews. Yeah, I think the answer is he's talking about. His people. <laughs> Amen. That's a. a no, I, I, and I agree. No, but I think he is saying that his people, I think what he's what he goes on to show us in the very next section of verses is that his people is not just the Jews. Yeah. Right? That's his, right. His people are any who will fall down at his feet and that's worship good, him right as there. king. Well, that's exactly. Yes. And I explain, and that's what I wrote Phil today was, was that the Israel was was his people, right? Called as a nation called, mm-hmm. but hey, check who's else out. Those who are called, those who who have been called out, been yep. elected, those are also as people, the Gentiles as well. So I think the answer is yes, but I understand context too. But his people, I mean, you're his yeah. people yeah. as a Christian. Jew so, first, then yep, the Gentile. Gentile. Yeah, but right. it is his. Yeah, he didn't specifically say Jew. He mm-hmm. said to his people, and and that would be us as well. So yeah, yeah, and so so that so so we get that from from the visit of the wise men, and then going on, we see. Um, we see this uh, this out of Egypt I called my son, and and this whole this whole episode of them fleeing to Egypt, Herod killing all of the babies, then them returning from Egypt. What do, what does this remind you of? The well, the Israel Israel fleeing Egypt, right? Yeah. Is that the the Exodus? Yeah, basically. exactly. Yeah, so so you, you know. Israel is in Egypt as slaves. They cry out to God to be yeah. delivered, yeah. and God sends a deliverer to them, right? Moses, the deliverer, the one who will lead them out of slavery and into the promised land. And so I think what Matthew is showing us here is um, he's developing this theme that, that Jesus is the deliverer like Moses, that Jesus is the true Israel. He, he is, you know, Israel, Israel gets saved from slavery and they immediately start grumbling and complaining, wishing themselves back into slavery even, right? But, um, but, but they, they never had a chance, right? Because they had this problem called sin, yeah. right? They, they could never fulfill the law of God. Because they had sin-stained hearts. But but going back to Matthew chapter 1, Jesus didn't have that problem, right? Jesus uh, was like us in every way except without sin. Now, why is that? Why is that? Because Jesus didn't come from Joseph. Jesus came from the Holy Spirit. He was born of a virgin. He was like us in every way, except for he didn't have this nature of sin like ours. And that's why Matthew says of him in chapter 1 that he can save who, Phil? His people, right? He can save his people. But but let's let's hone hone in on that for a second, right? What is the mission of Jesus? Yep. So you can save the lost. To save, right? Yep. His mission is to save. That's why they name him Jesus. And that's the that's the miraculous part of Emmanuel. That it's not just God is 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 with us. God was with Israel, right? Sure was. He tabernacled among them. They made him a temple. God has always sought to be among his people. Yeah, Shekinah glory. He yeah. was there. He, yeah. 
But, but, but Jesus wasn't just the presence of God. Jesus became one of us. Sure did. Right? Jesus took on flesh because that's the only way. Amen. That he could save his people. That's it. The only way that we can be saved is by one delivering us from this problem of sin that we have. One who is like us. One who is like the, us. The perfect right. sacrifice. It had to be of human form. Yeah. Yeah, so so if we if we had more time, we could uh, that that next quote uh, um, from Jeremiah thirty one in in Matthew two eighteen that that kind of furthers this the context of that in Jeremiah thirty one is the exile, and so um, so so I think this kind of uh, you know that when when you when you read it in greater depth and when you when you put a little effort into figuring out what these what these quotes where these quotes are coming from and the context that they were originally given we we see um, we see this theme beginning to emerge okay Egypt out of Egypt I called my son um, then then we have uh, this allusion to the exile how how uh, Israel is allowed to come back right Israel um, gets set free um, from from uh, from Babylon as slaves in Babylon they get set free by King Cyrus and they get allowed to come back and yet there's still this longing there's still this weeping because um, because because the deliverer the the delivery hasn't come to full fruition yet yep. they're still longing for this deliverer to come and um, and that's what Matthew is saying is he's here the mm. deliverer is here. The, the, the one who can save you is here. This is Jesus. He can save you from your sins. And, um, and, and so, uh, so, so, so we see that it's not, um, this isn't just to, to teach us about, you know, Jesus's backpacking trips with mom and dad when he was a kid. You know, uh, there, there's an element to that that's important to the story. But, but, but really what we've, but we, what we've got to major on here, what we've got to walk away with here is that this is the only one. This is, this is the only way that anyone can be saved from their sins. This is the only way that Jesus, that God becoming flesh, God um, from the Holy Spirit bringing himself to live with us in the second person of the Trinity, that that, that is the only way that his people can be saved from their sins, from our sins. And that's the story of Christmas, isn't yeah. it? Amen. That, that, that's the that's the story that we that we, that we need. That's the story that we must remind ourselves not just every uh, December, but every day. You know that this is the only way we get saved. Well, Jesus was born, and he did something that we couldn't do. Yeah, he lived perfect. Yeah, he lived a perfect life, and we're required to do that, but we fall short of that. Yeah. And every every outside of Christ. Every time we fall short in act, deed, thought, whatever, that's called sin. And God, as we will read in Romans 2, is storing up wrath. Mm-hmm. Everywhere we fall short, hope, mm-hmm. write it down. Yeah. Write, oh, write it down. Nothing get passes a holy God. But we need a Savior. When he, he came, he lived a perfect life. So what we must do is realize we, have, we fell short of perfection. He lived a life that we couldn't live, and we have to trust him and turn, repent from our way of us making all the choices, submit to him as as a master, yeah. and follow him in obedience. Yeah. yeah, and just as the wise men did, we're to fall down and worship mm. yeah. the Christ. Yeah, that's right. God in flesh. We're to worship Christ, okay? And this Christmas season, if you take anything from it, I mean, that the just look at the wise men as an example of what we are to do this Christmas season. We get all caught up in the hustle and bustle of buying gifts and all that, but look at what they did. They celebrated the birth of the Messiah who has been prophesied, who they knew was coming, and he's here. And he was here, and he was born, and he and he came to save his people. And so, folks, that and that's, who are his people? Yeah, mm-hmm. th- those who any listen. Look here, you know who his people are? Any who would believe in him, have faith in him, yeah. repent and turn from your sins is what he calls. Jesus came. Look here, when he was grown up, when he grew up, 
Right? What did he say? What was his first order of mission? Or what was his first words? He says, repent and believe. Yeah, that's right. Matthew repent 4, and... 17. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And here he is. Yeah, here he is. So, folks, Merry Christmas. But but look, look, look here. If you're lost, if you're not in relationship with Christ, the wrath of God is upon you. And we're going to get into that in Romans here in a couple more days. But listen back at that. But the wrath of God is upon you. And... The only way to be saved is through a deliverer. The deliverer. Right. Awesome, brother. It's good to have you with us today. It was. Thank so you'll you be here for, for several more months. <laughs> yeah. But it's good to have you with us. Well, I, you, I enjoyed it. Uh, you showed me some things that uh, yeah. that I have just read over, you know, and it's, it's uh, hey, Jesus is the Messiah. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. We got proof. Man, yeah. look at the prophecies fulfilled here. Mm. Man, it's awesome. Mm. Anyway. Hey, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me, guys. I yeah, yeah, enjoyed we, it. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Yeah, I enjoyed much. it. I enjoyed it. And People, uh, real quick, be in prayer for Adam and Andy as they make this next journey. Thank uh, you. Um, and his kids, just be in prayer for him because he needs. Uh, they they just need prayer. They need this. They they you know. There's been questions on that, so just pray for Adam, Greg, and his family, Andy, and all, and his wonderful children. So that's all I want to say. But thank you again. So, ladies and gentlemen, we just thank you again. We will. We want to wish you a very merry Christmas, uh, and we just pray that you just uh, 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 worship Christ this this Christmas season and don't get lost in all the hustle and bustle but we just thank you for listening we love you and we're going to continue to pray for you um uh adam do you want to close us in prayer yeah i'd love to and uh and then and folks um after adam closes in prayer we hope to see you next time on life song radio father in heaven thank you for sending us a deliverer the king jesus born of a virgin uh by the holy spirit uh, sent to save his people from our sins. God, if there is anyone listening to this right now who has not repented and believed in the good news that Jesus saves, I pray they would do that today. I pray that um, that the death of Jesus on their behalf would be, uh, would, would, that they would put all of their trust in that, that, that though they deserve your wrath, God, that you offer them grace and hope in Jesus. Um, God, we, we worship him like the wise men. We fall down and worship King Jesus. He's the only one who can save us. We thank you for sending him for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Are very strong and